This is episode 352 with Melissa Ambrosini. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Before we kick off this episode, I need to tell you about my brand new book, Purposeful, 10 Steps to Overcoming Fear and Living Your Dream Life. This is an Audible original, which means it's only available on Audible and it's out right now. I'm so excited for this book because one of the common things I get asked is, how do I find my purpose in life? How do I know what my purpose is? And this book teaches you exactly how to uncover and live your purpose. So if you want to live a purposeful life, overcome fear and live your dream life, this is for you. You can get it totally free when you sign up for a free trial with Audible. How cool is that? All you have to do is head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash purposeful. That's P-U-R-P-O-S-E-F-U-L-L to get it in your ears today. I also have some purposeful bonuses that you can get your hands on. I'm so excited for you to hear this book and cannot wait to hear your thoughts. So for this week only, if you rate and review the book on Audible, I will send you free access to my Manifestation Masterclass. All you need to do is send a screenshot of your review to hello at melissarambrosini.com and I will send that over to you straight away. Enjoy Purposeful. She's the woman with the beautiful smile, also known as my wife, and she has invited me on today to play host as Melissa is the guest on today's episode. And we're doing this because we get to celebrate something really special. Now, I know I've watched Melissa so much love, dedication into creating the most stunning, informative and transformative book for you. And this is now out as an Audible original series, which you can get on any Audible platform. So look, I could go on about how amazing she is. And trust me, she is. I could go on all day. But instead, I think we should just dive straight in. And remember, all of the show notes from today's episode, trust me, you will want to check it out. We mentioned a whole bunch of stuff in this episode. You can get at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 352. So without further ado, my beautiful wife, Melissa Ambrosini. Melissa Ambrosini, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me. What's it like to be on your own show? And in my own house, on my own show. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited because today we're celebrating the release of your latest book, which is an Audible original, which is different for you. You've always done print books, but this is actually Audible original, which means it's only available on Audible. Now, before we get into that though, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Oh, I love this question. So recently we have been having this 
nostalgic breakfast cereal where we soak oats and we put puffed amaranth and puffed quinoa and cinnamon and hemp protein and we make our own activated nut milk and we put banana in it, flax and chia. I put some maca in there, some gelatinized maca for adrenal health and it's pretty good, isn't it? So good. And we've been having this the last couple of weeks because we've been a little bit bored of what we were having. So it's very exciting to have something new and it's quite nostalgic. It reminds us both of cereal as a child. Yeah, and it's also more living food. It hasn't been cooked. So we're trying to get as much living food as we can into our bodies, more life, less cooking. Yes, we are. So that's what we both had yeah. for breakfast this morning. And we ate it in bed. That's been our new little ritual. It's been so nice eating in bed. So we make it and then we go sit in bed and we've got this big, beautiful window and just looking out at the window, looking at the trees, it's really beautiful. I know it breaks all the rules of only doing two things in bed, sleep and lovemaking, but it's been really nice. It has. Actually, this morning we were reading through some of my book. (gasps) (laughs) Very exciting. This is a bit left of uh, center, this one, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's not what you would expect, but I'm actually writing a fiction novel. Tell them a little bit about it. it. It's based on our life, actually. And I guess the best way to to sort of frame it up would be a spiritual romance of some sort, but it's kind of like a Fifty Shades of Grey mixed with The Way of the Superior Man and Peaceful Warrior or Celestine Prophecy. It's, It's really interesting because it's going to be a lot of teaching of the stuff, not teaching, but reminding of the stuff that we've had to sort of learn through our relationship, but doing it through fiction. But we're not here to talk about my book. We're here to talk about your latest book. Yes, we are. Purposeful with two L's on the end. Yes. Clever, clever title. Who came up with that one? I think I did. (laughs) (laughs) 10 Steps to Overcoming Fear and Living Your Dream Life. Yeah. And it's out now on Audible as an Audible original series. So you can only get it on Audible. Correct. So if you're in the UK, Australia... US, where would you go to get this? Just go to your Audible and it's there. It's only available on Audible. So head to your Audible and it'll be there. Just type in purposeful with two L's and you will find it. And because it's an Audible original, it's available as the free book of the month. So if you're subscribed monthly to Audible, you get one free audiobook per month. So make sure you make purposeful your free book for this month or next month. And if you don't have an Audible account, you can sign up for free and do a free trial and get it, which is awesome. Awesome. Love it. Well, let's get into the book itself. So I want to talk about why you wrote this because, you know, you and I have been speaking about your next book for a long time since you released Open Wide. Why Purposeful and why now? So one of the most common questions that I get asked from people in the street, at my events, on social media, emails, clients, everything is, I don't know what my purpose in life is. I don't know what I'm meant to do here on earth. And so that's why I wrote it. I was like, I have to help people find that answer. And the book takes you through 10 steps to help you do that. So I just wanted to help people find their purpose in life and help them create a meaningful life because I believe we're all here to live 
a meaningful life, whatever that looks like for us. And so I wanted to help people do that. So I love it because in terms of books, it's not a huge book. You can get through it pretty quickly, I think, which is nice in audible, well, in audio form, because often you feel like audiobooks are a big commitment, you know? goes to like 10, 12 hours. Yeah, exactly. This is only a couple of hours. Yeah, which is amazing. So it's an easy listen. So it's kind of like a shot in the arm of inspiration, right? Absolutely. So tell us what happens when someone actually does find that for themselves and actually live a life full of purpose. I mean, you've done that. So what does that mean? Why is it so important for people to do this? Because otherwise I feel like you're just walking around asleep or walking around not fulfilled, not full, not living a life of meaning. That's what we're here for. We're all here to make the most out of our time here on earth. We don't know how long we're here for. We have no idea. All we do know is that one day we will pass. We don't know when that's going to be. So we may as well make the most of it. We may as well squeeze the most juice out of every single day and do something that we love and live an inspired, lit up, purposeful, purpose-driven life. It's way more fun when you do. Yeah. I mean, COVID's been this reminder, right, that there's a lot of people who are doing things in their life that may not have loved what they were doing, and all of a sudden that's been taken away from them. You know, A lot of people have lost their jobs. So it seems like a really good time now to be reflecting on this, like one of the best times in history to be reflecting on your purpose. Absolutely. And I'm getting so many messages from people saying, this could not have come at a more perfect time. This is exactly what I've needed. This couldn't come at a more perfect time. And you're right. People are having these realizations where life is so short and precious. We're reminded of that during COVID and people are thinking about what's next. What's next? Maybe they've lost their job or they realize that their job was not fulfilling them. And so lots of wheels are turning for a lot of people. And I feel like this book is just going to help them so much. So I'm really excited to get it into everyone's ears. So for me personally, when I think about living a life with very little purpose, I go back to when I was more in a corporate world working in real estate and the feeling of waking up each day, facing, you know, going into the city, getting the train, sitting at my desk cold calling clients. Like I compare that with what you and I get to do today. And I mean, it's a completely different feeling, right? And I can almost feel the difference in my cells of what a life of purpose feels like in my cells. So for me, I remember, and it happens now still when I get off purpose, I'll give an example of that. But I remember back in the day, I'd be lying in bed after maybe coming home at seven o'clock, have a brief amount of time with Leo, have a bath or something like that when he was little. But I remember lying in bed and feeling almost pain in my body, like cortisol rushing through my blood. And even at the moment, you know, I've been a bit stressed the last few days because as you know, I mean, for those of you listening who don't know me, I'm a musician at heart. That's my absolute passion. And I haven't been able to do a huge amount of music the last sort of three or four weeks. I've been recording some singles and it's been moving forward, but I've been getting into my investing, right? Now, I love the crypto and blockchain space. It's, it lights me up. It's really fun. But at the same time, it's not music. And I've noticed the last couple of days the difference in even yesterday we sat down at the beach to have lunch and I could feel 
cortisol in my veins because I've been sitting there looking at numbers and data and I was so far off my actual purpose. And then when I sit down at my keyboard, time just flies. It's like there's a vortex and I feel light and joyous. And I think that's the best way to explain living on purpose is this feeling of lightness and time flying. It doesn't mean it's always easy, does it? I mean, has it been easy for you to create what you've created? It's definitely not been rainbows and butterflies the whole time. I think on our path, you're constantly evolving and growing. And when you were talking, I was reflecting back to when I didn't feel like I was truly on purpose. And that was when I moved back from living overseas and was starting from scratch, literally starting from scratch. And I remember I was doing admin jobs and nannying. So I was temping and nannying. And I literally felt like my soul was just getting crushed. I remember I was nannying for these three little kids and it was this beautiful house and I would go there and I literally would feel every cell in my body shut down and close off. And I would get really tired. Like I could not stop yawning because I was just like, this is not what I'm meant to be doing. And same when I went to these temping jobs and was just doing like admin, I felt so lost. I felt so off purpose. It was all about me as well. Like I constantly was just thinking about myself and never thinking about other people. And when you're living a purposeful life, which you'll learn in the book, it's about service. It's about how can you help people around you, whether that's your family, your community, or the globe, whatever your mission is. But when you are living a purposeful life with meaning and soul, the attention is taken off I and it's put out, how can I help others? And you'll learn that in the book. And it's such a big piece of it. And I think it's really important to touch on the feelings that you have when you are living a purposeful life, because it's all about how it makes you feel. That is my barometer. And same with you. It's like, this is how I know I'm on my path. This is how I know something's in alignment with me. It's how it makes me feel. So if I feel out of alignment, there's an opportunity for me to course correct or look within. But when I'm in alignment, that question doesn't even come up. Life just flows so much more effortlessly and gracefully when you are on your purpose. So we were reflecting recently on what it was like for you moving back from London because your brother's currently going through something similar. He's just come back from Italy after eight years as a professional rugby player. And I think when you come back from doing that thing, because you were dancing overseas, of course, in Moulin Rouge, and you had some success doing all that overseas, and then you come back, you were faced with this almost empty chasm of like just this huge void because you didn't know what was next right? Would you say that was your lowest moment? And if that was your lowest, what did that feel like? What did it look like for you? Take the viewers back, the listeners back. Yeah, it definitely was my lowest moment. So like you mentioned, for those of you guys listening that haven't read my books or listened to any of my other work, and maybe you're brand new here. And if so, hello and welcome. But I went overseas when I was 20 to dance at the Moulin Rouge in Paris and I lived there for a year and then I moved to London for two years and I worked there and I was dancing and acting and TV presenting and I did a musical on the West End. It was amazing. It was so much fun. I was getting paid great money. I was living the dream. I was partying. That was when partying was something that lit me up and excited me. 
You know, it was very social. You're always going out. There was always drinks every day. It was such a community that we created over there. There was a bunch of us. I lived in a share house with a bunch of people. It was so much fun. And I had to move home, which I didn't want to move home. My visa expired and I had to move home and I left a boy back there. So we kind of were like doing long distance for a little while. But I came back to no job, no boyfriend, no home, no income, and no friends. Because the two girls that were my closest friends back here didn't want to be my friend anymore. I think I was going through such a hard time that they didn't have the capacity to hold space, which is everything is always working out the way it's supposed to. But at that time, you take all of those things away from someone and I just went completely downhill. I spiraled into the deepest, darkest depression. My whole existence revolved around where we were going to go on Saturday night to just completely numb ourselves with partying. So, you know, I was doing these jobs during the week, the temping and the nannying, just to be able to afford to go out on a Saturday night and write myself off. And it was a really horrible time. It was so hard. I was sleeping on one of my friend's sister's fold-out single hospital bed in her lounge room and living out of a suitcase. Awesome. Super glamorous. Yes, super glamorous. And I'm so grateful to her for taking me in and looking after me. She was such a beautiful, she is, and I'm still friends with her. She's such a beautiful soul and so grateful. Like she lived in this one bedroom and I was in her lounge room and living out of my suitcase. And I remember she worked in corporate, so she would go to work every day. So I had the house to myself. And I remember just laying in bed. It was probably maybe like three in the afternoon, just crying and feeling like, how did I get here? How did this happen? I just came from living overseas, making great money, living the dream, quote unquote, to being in my friend's lounge room with all of these things ripped away from me, feeling like I have no direction no purpose, no drive. And I remember one of my longest girlfriends, a school friend, she called me and it was probably like three in the afternoon. And she said to me, what are you doing? And I was just crying. And she's like, where are you? And I was like, just in bed. And she was like, get up and go to the doctor. And she wanted me to go and get a script to get six sessions to see a psychologist because that had really helped her in the past. And she was like, get up, Melissa. She was so firm with me. Get up and go now. Book yourself an appointment and go. And she didn't live in the same state as me. So she said, call me as soon as you've done that. So I did. I got up and I went down the road to just a local doctor that I'd never been to. And I sat in there and I was just crying and crying and crying. And she was like, sounds like you've got depression and Sounds like you've got an eating disorder and anxiety and panic attacks. And here's six sessions for a psychologist. And I was like, okay. And I took the six sessions and I left. And then I remember going to my first session and I sat in that room. It was just a box with no windows. And it was a lovely lady. She was so lovely. 
and she taught me all about black and white thinking and cognitive behavioral therapy and all of these things and exposed me to positive thinking. She gave me homework. I had homework to do. And that was how everything kind of opened up for me from that moment, from those six sessions. I remember after the six sessions, I went back to the doctor and I said, can I have another six? And she wrote me another six. And I did another six sessions with that same psychologist. And that was the start of my growth and my evolution. It wasn't completely rainbows and butterflies from there. There was still so much more. I ended up in hospital after that. But that was such a pivotal turning point for me in my life because I was exposed to another way. I was exposed to there being this other way of living. And that was exciting. So you've gone through this massive upheaval basically in your life. Things aren't going well at all. You've got no money. Your health's not great. And you don't know what to do with your life. So you're feeling depressed, anxious, can't sleep. And slowly through this health journey you had to go through, because you were unwell in 2010, you start to uncover your truth, your meaning, the reason you're here, right? But was it an instant thing that you realized that's what you're here to do? Or was it kind of by default or accident? Well, when I ended up in hospital, which was, yeah, you were right, 2010, I remember being in hospital. I was there for a week. I had my mum and my dad there with me. They came and went during the week, but no one else came because no one else really knew because I'd just moved back from overseas and I didn't really have many friends. I'd recently just made some new yoga friends because I just started this thing called yoga, which was just rocking my world. And I remember being in hospital and thinking, wow, this is what rock bottom looks like. Awesome. Like, awesome. This is great. I remember I was quite religious as a child and went to church every week. And I remember thinking, why God? Like, why? Why me? Why have you done this to me? Why is God punishing me? And when I was laying there, I had this realization. And that was that I was the one that got me in that hospital bed and I was the only one that could get me out, which is actually step one in the book, take radical responsibility. Let's talk about those steps. Yeah. So there's 10 steps. There is 10 steps, yes. And why 10? Why these 10? Because when I was constantly getting asked, how do I find my purpose? How do I find meaning in life? How do I know what I'm meant to do in this world? I thought about my process. I went back and I thought about my process. Like, what did I do to get to where I am? And it was these 10 steps. This is what I did. So it's really exciting to be able to share that. And it wasn't like a flick the switch thing that I found it. I remember being in hospital. These new yoga friends sent me a package and there was a book in there called Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. And I remember reading this book and turning to my mom and saying, why haven't you told me this? Why didn't you teach me this? And I remember she said to me, oh, Melissa, I was just doing the best that I could, darling. And she was, you know, we all are doing the very best that we can. 
And in that moment, I had this book, I had this other way of living and being. I had this realization that I needed to take radical responsibility. And I knew that the lowest hanging fruit, the first thing that I needed to do was to get healthy and happy again. I had no idea how to do that, but I just knew that that was the first thing I needed to do. So I instantly emailed one of my friends and she had recently told me about this thing called IIN, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I wanted to learn and study nutrition. I wanted to learn how to nourish myself. And I enrolled in that course straight away. Soon after that, I started a blog. This is 10 years ago before people really had blogs. And I began just sharing what I was learning and what I was realizing. And when I signed up for that course, it was like a full body hell yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do with the certification. I couldn't see what was going to happen. I just knew that in that moment, it felt good in my body. And so many things had not felt good, like nannying had not felt good and temping had not felt good. And dancing and performing no longer felt good. And I share this story in the book. I remember being on the set for two of the best TV shows in Australia and being in my trailer alone. And I remember thinking, this is it. This is like what everyone dreams of. And I feel totally empty, completely empty. And that's when I realized that that wasn't for me anymore. That world wasn't for me anymore. And I wanted to follow this new, exciting world of health and wellness. And that's, it all just kind of opened up for me, for me from there. So that sounds like one of your steps, take radical responsibility, right? I think it has covered that. So, but just rewinding a little bit, because one of your steps in there is master your inner critic, but I want to come back to mastering your mean girl, because that's essentially what we're talking about there. And what's it like to have gone through that then to the moment you get a book deal. It was interesting for me watching you go through that experience with your first book deal because you had this idea of who you want to be published by. But when I saw the contract for it, I just said, there's no way we're letting you sign that. And we had to turn down like basically your dream publisher at the time. What you thought was your dream publisher anyway. Which was so challenging. So I had Nick and my lawyer looking over this contract and they were both saying, Uh uh-uh, no, 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 you are not signing this with your dream publisher at the time. And that was really a big lesson in trust and surrender. And I remember thinking, but what if I never get another publisher? Like this could be my only opportunity. What, you guys are crazy. And you were so amazing in that and you always are. You have this stern certainty. And that's contagious. So I was like, okay, if he believes, I'm just going to tap into that energy and trust and surrender to the universe that, you know, something better will come around. And it did. Hmm. Yeah, because it was almost like at that moment you had to kind of strap on your big girl pants or shoes, whatever the saying is, because up until then it was a very, I guess you were still young you know, and figuring things out. And all of a sudden you meet this old, older, mature man who's got like solicitors and all these serious things. And my solicitor who I was working with at the time was in film, but he also was in book publishing. So I had the perfect person for you. But you also had to, coming back to taking responsibility, you had to sort of 
become an adult, like a real adult, didn't you? But it was amazing watching that journey for you because I think watching you surrender in that process was kind of like watching you grow up in that period really quickly from having this sort of pipe dream to trusting that that will become something bigger than you ever imagined. Because for Mastering Your Mean Girl, I mean, I would have to say, isn't that bigger than you ever dreamt it would ever be? I mean, it's it's incredible how much impact that's had. I know. It blows my mind. Still five years on and constantly being brought all over the world. And same with Open Wide. It just blows my mind. And I'm so grateful and so glad that it's getting in the hands of people that need it the most. So when you do find that purpose, because I think it's important to touch on people listening, they've heard, I guess, your dark night of the soul moment. But now you're living in this part of your life where things have clicked. And we said before that it didn't always come easily. For example, when we first met, we were so excited, of course, to be with each other, but also we had very complementary skills. So the things that you needed in your business, I had those skills. And the things that I was craving, you had that as well. And so we kind of, in the early days, we worked really hard, didn't we? We really, we'd be working up until like 11 o'clock at night. And I don't recommend that. But Your adrenals will not love that. No, I think I'm still paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's very different. Like you've been going to sleep at 6.30, 7, 7.30 o'clock, mm-hmm. which is amazing. But I think it's also okay to just acknowledge and allow people listening that it's not always going to, like you can find that thing, whatever it is for you, but there might be an element of, I'm hesitant to say push, but an element of like grit and determination, right? I like to use like inspired action and nothing is going to be handed to you on a silver platter, nothing. And you do have to work. But you don't have to burn yourself out in the process and give yourself adrenal fatigue, but you do have to show up every single day. And we still do. Both of us do. You still show up for your music and all of the businesses that you're involved in. Like You're still showing up constantly. And same with myself because it's our purpose. It's what lights us. It's what gets us out of bed in the morning. It's what makes us feel inspired. And so, yeah, you do. You have to kind of put in the work and show up. It will not be handed to you on a silver platter. Whatever that thing is that you want, whether it's a coaching business or a jewelry business or a yoga studio, whatever it is that you want to create in your life, or maybe it's writing books or creating music, you have to show up and do the work. It's not going to be rainbows and butterflies and, oh, here, here's it all handed to you on a silver platter. I think as well, though, it's easy for us when we talk of purpose to think automatically of like creative pursuits. You know, we think of music and art and writing books and these sorts of things. But what about a lawyer who just loves their job? You know, I think it's important that we create space because often purpose is associated with more social benefiting, creative pursuits. But that's not always the case, right? I mean, purpose has a gazillion different types of shapes and sizes, right? Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure there are lawyers out there that are like, this is my purpose. I think a lot of lawyers would be like that, yeah. Yeah. This is what I was born to do. This is what I am here for. 
And they have a why, like they have a really strong why. And I talk about that in the book as well. It's like, why do you want to do the thing that you want to do? That's really important and connecting with that. So when you find a thing that lights you up, that vehicle that you use for your mission, then it's attaching a why to it. That's what's going to motivate you to keep going when you feel flat or when you feel uninspired or whatever. That's what's going to keep the momentum moving forward. You always say that when you release a new book, you get this instant vulnerability hangover. And it's interesting because we were speaking to uh, your friend, Sarah, who just released Seize the A. And she said the same thing, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, it's out now. And you have this feeling of people are actually going to read this, you know? So with this being an Audible original, people are going to listen to this. Are you having any vulnerability hangovers, Melissa Ambrosini? But yeah, how does that feel now? Any vulnerability hangovers with this book? Um, it's actually, while you're thinking, it might be hard for you to connect with that question because you're writing two books at the moment. I know. I was thinking, what stories have I put in what book? That's literally what I was thinking. I was like, which stories are where right now? No, I don't have any with Purposeful, but I do with the next book. I have like, oh my gosh, the next one, which is out May next year, which is a print book. So this will be my third physical book that you can hold in your hands. That one I do. And I've got to hand that in next month. But, you know, you get, you just get over it. Well, as well, coming back to taking responsibility, like just keep reflecting back to moments in my life. Even yesterday, I was speaking about how I was doing these crypto things, right? And I was investing and all of a sudden, the most crazy chain of events happened where something I just went kind of bigger than usual on, the two founders started having this verbal hate-slinging match on Twitter the day it launched, right? Like the chances of this happening are so remote. And I thought I was onto an absolute winner. And all of a sudden, this investment just tanked because people lost complete confidence. But then we were sitting on the beach and I was feeling this stress running through my bones and I was doing left nostril breathing before I ate because I was trying to get into parasympathetic mode. That sounds so geeky, but that's what I do. And I was walking along the beach with you and you know, we're so fortunate to live in this part of the world because we know that right now there's people who don't have access to outdoors, like people in Victoria and different parts of the world. But I was walking along and I thought, Nick, you put yourself here. You know, like you can't be blaming the market or the people who decided to sling insults at each other. You did it. So you have to get yourself out of it. And so taking responsibility, I think, is often really hard to do. But can we just break that down just into a first step? Because taking responsibility, okay, it's a, it's a chapter, but what's the first step in taking responsibility? Oh, and... It can feel really big, depending on what's going on in your life. You know, you might be experiencing some really big stuff and for you to go, wait, I have to take responsibility for that. It can feel really big. And so I get it. I get it. I hear you and I feel you. And there's two sides to everything. There is a front and a back to everything. And even if you are experiencing something really challenging, ask yourself, well, how, how did I contribute to this? 
And this isn't about beating yourself up. This is not an invitation for your inner mean girl to go, you idiot, you're so stupid, you're so dumb, how dare you? Uh Uh-uh. This is literally about compassion and softness and kindness and gentleness and having an open, loving, beautiful conversation with your inner child and holding your heart and saying to yourself, wow, how did I possibly maybe contribute to this? Like whenever you and I have words at each other, I'm like, "Mm, you know, how did I show up? It's never one-sided. It's always two. It takes two to tango. It does. And so whether that's in a relationship, you know, Nick and I always are aware of that, whether that's in a business situation. The other day, something happened in my business and I thought, why did she do that? And I was so frustrated. And then I thought, okay, I've got to take radical responsibility. And it came back to actually me not communicating crystal clear communication from the start. And that's where that communication breakdown happened. And so I needed to take ownership and say, hey, this can't happen. And I know maybe I wasn't clear enough in my delivery to you at the beginning, but this sort of thing, we really need to like mop up very quickly and fix up. So whether it's in a relationship situation or a business situation and same with our health, if we're experiencing something like I, when I was laying in hospital, it was quite confronting to look back and go like how I treated my body how I treated my temple, the one and only beautiful temple that I've been gifted for this lifetime was definitely why I was in hospital. You know, the way that I treated it physically, but also emotionally. And so I needed to take ownership of that. Do you have anything like any examples of where you've had to take responsibility that could really help people? Because I know I know it's, it can feel really big for a lot of people, especially if they're going through something, you know, they might've just got fired and like, well, how, how did I contribute to that? Or how can I take responsibility for that? You know, do you have any examples? I think the best example I have is when I was working in film production and producing this film, well, which is out now, but it went through, it was a five or six year journey on this, on this project with a lot of different people, a lot of different personalities. And when we all came together to produce it, it, it didn't work very well. The relationships didn't flow very well. And there was an incredible amount of tension on set and in the production office. It was awful, actually. It was really uncomfortable. And at the time, I th- this is the problem with, you know, when you're in these moments, it's really hard to actually see it when you're in the moment, right? Sometimes it can feel, but sometimes not. Like I know straight away with you, you know, if we'd have words. I'm like, oh, okay, how have I showed up? But in a relationship like ours where we've consciously worked on things like, you know, seeing the other side. Crystal clear communication. Right, so there's a level of awareness around that. But if you're in a situation at work or new to you or a family member and you haven't quite, you know, harnessed or cultivated that level of awareness in that situation, I think it's really hard to sometimes see that. And I'm thinking back to those moments where I was creating conflict without realizing because I thought they were just creating conflict and being a pain in the ass. And you weren't taking any responsibility. I wasn't taking responsibility. And one of the easiest ways I think to take responsibility is to put yourself in the other person's shoes. So as Dalai Lama would talk, you know, every day about, it's about having compassion, you know, developing compassion and 
some of the work that's helped me the most with that is this concept of seeing the other side. Which is some of the work we've done with Dr. John, John Martini, who's been an amazing mentor for us early on in our relationship. Yeah, so when you, when you stop and you truly get out of your own pity party and actually just put yourself in the other person's shoes and actually feel what it might be like to be in their shoes, that's what empathy is, is to feel what it's like to be in their shoes. Then all of a sudden, the, the reason doesn't matter so much anymore because you're now feeling the consequences of your actions on the other person and that doesn't feel good. So I think empathy and compassion for me is a fast way to do it. So that's one of your steps, taking responsibility, radical responsibility. We've spoken about mastering your inner critic or your main goal. One of your other steps was clarify your core values. We've spoken heaps about this. We were lucky when we met. I think the reason we were so, what's the word, sure about us is because there were so many unity points on our core values. And I think that's why I felt so comfortable proposing in two weeks is because I knew that a life with you meant that, you know, no matter what came along, our core values were rock solid. But what does it mean for someone in your book, in this context, you're talking about finding your purpose and living a life of purpose. How does clarifying your core values show up in that way? Mm. Well, I mean, knowing your core values is going to help every area of your life. It's going to help your relationships. It's going to help your career decisions. It's going to help your health. It's going to help everything. And if you don't know what is of importance to you, it's like flying blind. It's like going on your journey without any headlights and kind of trying to maneuver your way through life without any lights. During the day, you're fine, but then at night, you've got no idea where you're going. And in this context, when you're you know, trying to uncover the thing that it is you are meant to do in this world, it's really important you know your core values because, okay, say for example, you are an artist, maybe you're a photographer or something, and an amazing dream job opportunity presents itself to you, but one of your core values is family, but this job means you're going to be traveling nine and a half months out of the year, shooting all over the world, but your core value is family and tucking your kids into bed at night, that doesn't align. You know, even though this is your dream job, but it doesn't align with your core values. That is why that step is so important and why it's at the start. It's, you know, it's the third step. Because if you don't know what's important to you, then how are you going to stay on your path and choose careers and things that light you up? Another example is, you know, say you get this dream job and it's in a windowless office on the 15th floor in a building, but it's your dream job. But one of your core values is health and wellness and you love nature and you're put in this box with literally no windows for five days a week, most of the day. You know, that, again, it's not going to align. But in that case, could you, instead of saying, well, that job opportunity doesn't align, could you then adjust the way that you operate day to day to align your core value with the opportunity. Absolutely. So for example, communicate to your boss, look, this is really important to me. Yeah. And practice crystal clear communication and allow yourself to 
do your phone calls outside, have lunch in the park or have whatever walking it is. meetings in the park, things like that. Yeah. So there's definitely getting clarity on your core values allows you to navigate that a lot easier. Absolutely. Because what I do see a lot and hear a lot is that they'll take that job because they're like, yay, this is so exciting, my dream job. And then they realize, uh-oh, it's not aligned with me and they end up wanting to leave or things like that. But they could have just practiced that communication and and had exactly what they wanted all in one, right? So let's talk about some of the bonuses you've created for this book. So if you go to melissaambristina.com forward slash purposeful, and that's full with two L's in the end, you can get a bunch of bonuses that you created. What are those bonuses? Oh, you have to go and see. There's some beautiful meditations in there, a PDF that can help you with that core values chapter. So that's really cool. There's some other great little goodies in there for you. And I've just created that to support you even more on living a purposeful life. So go and check that out and we'll link to it in the show notes as well. So that's just a few steps from the book and there's 10 steps, right? 10 steps. And I haven't said this yet, but congratulations. Thank you. Because it's, you know, it's a big thing to come out with this body of work and you're prolific. It's incredible how prolific you are. And to do two books at once is even more amazing. So congratulations on the release. Thank you. And there's, I mean, I've gone through this book. I can tell you there's so much, so much value for people who are looking to get clarity on that part of their life. And I have to say that having known your audience for many, many years now, it seems to be a common thing amongst the majority of people. doesn't seem to be something a lot of people have figured out. So I think this is an incredible time for this book to come out, Audible series, I should say. As we said before, available exclusively on Audible. If you go to melissaambrosini.com forward slash purposeful with two L's, it'll give you the links as well to where you can get it on Audible. But if you've got the app or whatever you use, you'll find it there. I wanted to ask you, what is bringing you the most joy right now? Apart from me. (laughs) I think definitely having my brother home is really exciting. Having him home. We have not lived in the same city or country for so many years. I think 17 years, which is just wild. I left home when he was 13 and I was 17. So we've not lived under the same roof since then, which is just wild. And we're super close. So I'm I'm so glad that he's back. That's bringing me a lot of joy and the warmer weather that we're experiencing and just all the adventures that we have coming up. Yeah, speaking of core values, family is one of your core values. Definitely. For sure, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Let's pretend you have a magic wand and you can put one book on the bookshelves of every single school in the world. What's it going to be? I've said in the past conversations with God, but I want to say something different. Oh, that's still, I don't know if I can go past it. There's so many, but I think definitely, well, Dear Lover by David Dieter was an eye-opening relationship book for me. That was a big one. And suitable for high school? Whoa, okay, maybe not. Maybe, maybe yeah, for yeah. 17. Yeah. But later. Later years, but maybe not. It's not super explicit. It's, it's relatively advanced. I think a fun one would be something like The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Oh, yeah, that's a really good book. The Alchemist. Celestine Prophecy. Some of these books that are sort of fictional, spiritual, spiritual fiction, I think are quite cool. Do you know what else? Debbie Ford, The Shadow. What's it called? Secret of the Shadow. 
Secret of the Shadow. Yeah. That was really amazing. Owning that within yourself. Yes. And any of Byron Katie's work. Oh, and A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. That was a beautiful book that I read very early on in my journey and A Course in Miracles. Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. These were all books that I read 10 years ago when I just started on my journey and I remember having my mind blown. So definitely. There's also things like Big Magic and Brene Brown. and Oh, Brene Brown, anything. All those things yes. would be great, wouldn't they? Yeah. Let's talk about how your day looks because we, you're pretty consistent with your day. But talk us through your, instead of doing your morning routine, I want to talk about your nighttime routine because ultimately sleep is so important. You and I speak about getting the basics right all the time. You know, it's just something we hammer on about because you can go and chase the latest supplement, the latest piece of technology. And trust me, I mean, I'm wearing something around my, my leg right now called an Apollo Neuro, which is super exciting, actually, which you'll learn about very soon in, on the show. I love chasing shiny gadgets, but at the end of the day, they're nothing without the foundations, right? And sleep is probably number one, I'd say, along with diet and nutrition. Talk about your nighttime routine. How do you get yourself into a state of falling asleep by 6.30? Maybe, okay, last night you probably fell asleep at 8, I think. Probably 8. It's usually around 8. I try and push it to 8. So... And this is going to be different, mind you, for people who have children and everyone's different. So you can, you can nudge what Melissa does into your own world. It might just have a different time frame. But, but the, the basics are the same, right? Yeah, definitely. So as soon as it gets dark, both of us put on our blue light blocking glasses. We have our own range with blue blocks. There's the Nick range and the Melissa range, which we can link to in the show notes and you can get a nice little 15% off if you want to. Nice little plug there. And why are they so important? Because you need to put these on as soon as you turn lights on in your house. And that's what we do. So one of us will go and get them as soon as we turn lights on. And we just wear them while we're making dinner, while we're eating dinner, while we're pottering around the house. And they block out the blue light, which is harmful, toxic junk light that is going to stimulate you and keep you up, which is not what you want in the evening. You want to be calming down. You want to be decreasing your excitement levels, not increasing them. So we want to really de-excite the nervous system and the glasses can help do that. We also make sure this is our home. For those of you watching, we built this home. So we purposely have dim lighting, very dim, soft lighting throughout our whole house. So we make sure in the evenings it's very dim. When my brother was staying recently, he's like, it's so relaxing here. He says, it's so relaxing here. I love coming here. It's so relaxing. He calls our house the wellness sanctuary. He's like, I need to come up for a detox. So he comes up and has three days and detoxes with us. And so after we've made dinner and had dinner, we might watch something for a little bit. And then I'm usually falling asleep on the couch and I will go and brush my teeth. A nice way to pattern break as well. I like to shower before I eat dinner so then I can eat dinner, I can clean up, I can watch something on the couch with you, cuddle, fall asleep on the couch, watching something with my glasses on and then I'll go brush my teeth and I get into bed. And if I have then woken myself up, I'll read for a little bit, usually one page because then I'm out and I wear earplugs and an eye mask and I am gone. Yeah, and coming back to talking about food for a second, Another reason it's interesting, you mentioned you like to bookend the day by having a shower before dinner. 
what's important for that as well is digestion, because when you have a shower, it relaxes you. So it tells your body that it's time to wind down and it puts you more into a parasympathetic state. And then when you go to have your dinner, you want to be in parasympathetic to be able to actually digest the food, right? So it's, it's something I used to do a lot was have a shower before dinner. I haven't been doing it lately, but I notice a huge difference. But the other thing with food is making sure you have two to three hours between when you finish that last bite of your food and when you close your eyes to go to sleep. You don't want to go to sleep with food in your tummy. And still digesting. Very, very, for 99% of the population, that would be the case. 1% is another story. Most people do. They eat dinner at like eight o'clock at night. And I'm like, how? How do you? Well, they probably go to bed quite late. So we've got to bring everything forward, bring everything forward. And it's just a habit. And, you know, try to dim the lights in your house. Don't look at screens. Just keep your bedroom reserved for lovemaking and sleep. No phones, no gadgets, no gizmos, nothing. Block out curtains if you can and just create a sleep sanctuary for yourself. And that's how you're going to thrive and get to sleep and get deep, beautiful REM sleep. What's one thing you'd like to improve within yourself right now that you're currently working on? Mm, Easy. There's lots going on at the moment. And I noticed even before we started recording this, I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed and thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this and this and do all these things? You know, I'm still writing that book. We're in the middle of launching this. I'm thinking about the next launch for next year. Podcast is taking off. There's so many things that are going on. And I was just like, come back to the moment, come back to the moment. So I'm working on letting that overwhelm and stress just go as quickly as possible and coming back to the present moment. Mm presence. Mm-hmm. Pretty magical. So powerful. What's one thing we can do for our health? Mm, shop at the farmer's market. Stop going to the supermarket. You vote with your dollar. And if every single person just, I mean, if you can't go to your farmer's market right now, I'm sure you can get delivery box delivered. There's so many companies now that deliver boxes to your door from farms, which is just amazing that we have access to that. So try and for a week, just not go to the supermarket and instead either get farm delivered goods to your door or go to the farmer's market. Remember you vote with your dollar and that'll make such a big difference to your health and to the economy. What's one thing we can do for our wealth? Know you are worthy. Know that you are worthy of having whatever it is that your heart desires, you are worthy of it. The health, the wealth, the love, you are worthy of it. And really know that. Like, I mean, know that with every fiber of your being and you will attract more of that. So live a purposeful life, perhaps? Live a purposeful life. What's something we can all do today for our love? Love yourself. How do you do that? Place your hands on your heart. Visualize your six-year-old self inside your heart and give that six-year-old so much love. Tell her or him that you've got them, that you will protect them, that you are their biggest cheerleader, that you love them so much unconditionally and give them love. That is how you begin to love yourself. Well said. Last question. And I think I know the answer to this. 
what's one thing that myself and listeners can do to serve you today? Go and get purposeful. Yes. Go and get it. And please, please, please leave a review and rate it. It's very important. Audible have told me it's very important that we get ratings and reviews because it helps get more eyeballs to the book, which is amazing. So I have a present, a little gift for anyone who heads to Audible, grabs the book, listens to it, rates it and reviews it. I'm actually going to gift you my Manifestation Masterclass, which is one of my most popular products and everybody loves it so much. So I want to gift that to you. All you have to do is send a screenshot of the review to hello at melissaambrosini.com and we'll send you my Manifestation Masterclass to help you take everything to the next level. Uh, We'll email that straight back to you. So please, please, please rate and review it. It would mean the world to me. Get it into the hands of the people that it needs to get into. Does that make sense? It makes sense. (laughs) Well, darling, thank you so much for trusting me to guide the listeners through this amazing milestone in your life. And I can honestly say when I watch you, the way you sit down every morning on time, usually seven o'clock, she's sitting down writing. It's amazing. I don't have that level of discipline. I'm very good at doing lots of things. Doesn't mean I'm actually doing the things that count, but it's really impressive to see the way that you show up each day. I think if I had the same level of discipline, I'd probably be in a different place in my life. And I'm happy where I am, don't get me wrong. I love where I am. But I do admire that quality within you. And the fact that you've been able to write this book and another one at the same time is incredible. But this book is really amazing. And I think people will know that as soon as they get the book and they see those 10 steps, they realize you've laid out a really, really clear path. And, you know, I just want to congratulate you. And thank you for being on the Melissa Ambrosini Show. Easy peasy. And good luck with the launch. Thank you, my darling. I know it's going to do well for you. Thank you. Thank you for holding space for me. I love having you on the show with me. It's the best fun ever. (laughs) Thank you, darling. Welcome.